This is Saika. You're listening to The Shred Shack. I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And you're listening to episode 29 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. First, let's talk some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. None. Nothing with Guns N' Roses. The only thing with Black Sabbath is that last night they performed their very final show at Madison Square Garden. Our buddies Pat and Reese went to the show. You can check out what they thought on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack, for an I Saw Our Show video featuring those two guys. Yeah, social media has been ablaze with pictures from that show, and it looked really, really good. Yeah. But uh, it did sound really, really good. Yeah, well, I'm sure the band sounded awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't comment on that. And Ozzy's backing tracks probably sounded really good, too. <laughs> That cardboard cutout of Ozzy looked great. That <laughs> <laughs> cardboard cutout of him from the Village of Oz days. <laughs> like, oh, man, it looks good. <laughs> but yeah, no old news other than that. All right, then fuck old news. Let's go on to some new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And as always, with new business, we go on to talk about new releases. And the big one for the week, we all have some sort of thing to say, great or small, is the new Anthrax album, For All Kings. leave with this just because I haven't had as much of time to listen to it as you guys did well I listened to it a gra- like 10 times already and it's incredible I think it's it's in, it's fucking awesome I love everything about this record except for one thing and it, it bothered me this morning I was listening to the first track the first real track the middle section like where a really it gets, slow breakdown where it really everything. slows everything uh-huh. down like that's more of like I felt I feel that's more of like a mid album kind of thing to do not your huh. first song uh, but other than that, the album from top to bottom is incredible. Joey Belladonna has not sounded better ever. You know, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking earlier because I started listening to some of it before uh, before Pete showed up, and it was still playing when he showed up. Um, I think I prefer Belladonna's voice now, deeper. Yes, yes, yes. I think it, it it fits the band perfectly. Like I can't I can't picture anybody else singing for Anthrax anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I love the John Bush era, but this era right now is incredible. It sounds so good. Yeah, I didn't really find it on that first track because I know what you're talking about, and I don't know. It didn't, it didn't seem as jarring to me. Overall, I thought it's just a really great kind of. It's got like that really kind of proggy element to it that's just so fucking good. I mean, to the tracks that we were talking about the yeah. other day, uh, you got. Breathing Lightning, mm-hmm. my favorite track of the album. Susie Rain, mm-hmm. right after that, right after right? that, and then into uh, Blood Eagle Wings, which is my favorite track on that album so far. I mean, it's just a great fucking sound. Yeah, I've really like the whole the whole album is just really good. I think they did a really good job of writing this one. They took their time. Scott Ian is 
an incredible riff writer. I love all of his riffs. The new uh, lead guitarist is the guy from Shadows Fall. He brings a little bit of um, the modern sound to it, um, like the modern uh, American metal sound to it, but mm-hmm. on top of the old school thrash sound. Yeah. Well, I um I was actually listening to my iPod and Shuffle this week, and a song from the last the last album that Shadows Fall did before they broke up mm-hmm. came on. And I heard a lot of Anthrax influence, and like this is after I realized, oh yeah, he's in the band now. I was like, I can see them picking this guy for yeah. the band. Yeah, so and it's, it's kind of like it's kind of is reminiscent of what Megadeth did, getting some new blood into the band of like the the bigger of the new American metal mm-hmm. bands, and it really did kick kickstart a little bit. I think like his leads are really very melodic and very fast and very technical, and on, like I said, on top of Scott Ian's. Um, really amazing riffs. It just complements each other incredibly well. Yeah, we just need new albums more often than every five years. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But if they keep on producing such quality albums, I can deal with the five-year wait. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you were saying that. I mean, like, they're still technically riding the waves of uh, worship music yeah, in a lot that, of ways. Like we we talked about how Megadeth, this last Megadeth record, it was so good, but it was more of a comeback record than anything else. This is just Anthrax being consistently awesome. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I already picked it from one of my top threes for the month, mm-hmm. so I have a feeling it's probably going to be number one because I've listened to it so many times. I I truly enjoy everything about it. Yeah, same here. It's a really really great album. I was really surprised at how good it was. Yeah, and how cheap it was at Target. We were actually yeah. talking about this before you showed up because uh, we went over to Target to pick it up because just like, oh shit, eight dollars? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, both of us went to our respective Targets. Couldn't find it on the shelf. No label for it or anything. Had to go ask somebody. And both of them basically said, yeah, we don't have it at the store. Oh, wait. There's three in the back. Yeah. My, well, I went to, like, it's not my particular target. It just happened to be the one on Blanco in 1604. I happened to pick it up on the way home from a client. Yeah. And it was right there in the new release section. Yeah. Nope. The, the new release section. Wow. Like the guy, the guy was like, well, here's where it's supposed to be. But there isn't even a label for it. Let me go look on the new release card. And, and there it was. Whereas, like... For, for you, they had to go get it from the back. Yeah. But, like, even on Target.com, it said not sold in stores. It was weird because... It's the, really because I... Yeah, I mean, obviously they have it, but, like, my guy, I don't... He was a pretty young kid. I don't think he even knew what the what uh, Anthrax what the was. Yeah. <laughs> huh? but, well, I actually went online before I decided to pick it up just to do price check to see if I was going to pick it up at Best Buy or if I was going to pick it up at Target. Yeah. Best Buy had it for nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Target had it for seven ninety nine. So they definitely have it. Yeah. online so yeah. I don't know what, what they're talking about yeah, it's it, it's, it was it was just silly but you know whatever yeah. we got it all is well yes so. all is well because if I didn't get it I think I would have been very upset going into the weekend <laughs> yeah. you would have been punching things <laughs> possibly um, so that gets rid of like the the biggest one that we could all cover um, I think we mentioned this last week that um, this week had some insane number of new releases. Oh my god! Like at, at least fifty, I'd say. Whoa! At I least, didn't realize. yeah, it was, it oh, was yeah, the um, list on on heavymetal.about.com was huge, it, yeah. and I tried to go through like most of it. I, I still didn't get through it all. It was it was pretty. It was and pretty of course, there's always stuff that's not on that list. Yeah. That I mean, mm-hmm. that other websites like Metal Sucks or or Metal Injection are streaming just for the shits and yeah. giggles. So. Oh, or, or you also find stuff, or you find something that, that seems interesting, but you can't find the rest of the album. Yeah. Right. And yeah. You don't want to report on just the one song. Yeah. Which I've done in the past. <laughs> but um, since Chris came up with like 
15 albums. Jesus, dude. You're like the Smaug of heavy metal. You're just like sitting on your stash of like, new releases. <laughs> that is also true. I mean, I went, I went crazy because I think uh, the last two weeks, uh, Skateboard Marketing, which you know we've been fortunate enough to hook up with, um, they have all their downloads. And for like, the last two weeks, they've been preparing for like this past week. Well, I think they, they had like three albums for this week, and that was it. I, th- I think there was a couple more. Like, I, I didn't see it. Either way, I downloaded a boatload of them. And oh. then, of course, Metal Sucks and Metal Injunction had a lot of stuff streaming. I, there was like three or four webs, uh, streams that came out like Thursday and Friday. I didn't even, get it. I didn't even bother listening to because I had so much already done. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't take any more. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I was... Once Anthrax came out, that's been my yeah, entire your, world. Your week right. was over. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm spent. Pretty much. Um, but because of that, we are going to uh, to do a section for Chris's reviews in a second because he has so many. But first, we're going to let Pete do his his reviews for the week. Sure. So. All right. I got a couple this week. Uh, you know, I'll keep them rel- relatively quick, too. Uh, the first one up is uh, Ghost Horizon with their debut EP, Astral Possession. So this is some melodic death metal slash black metal out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and right away, like when I like the similarities in this, it's, it's got some influences from Dark Tranquility, some Nagelfar, uh, Windier, and the vocals are pretty are pretty cool here because they actually kind of remind me of Nergal from Behemoth a little bit. Um, the world's cutest black metal singer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so man's adorable except for that forehead. <laughs> So it's three tracks. It's about 15 minutes long. Uh, first track is kind of depressive, atmospheric black metal, but the last two are more faster paced, definitely much more of a death metal influence. For sure, the the more interesting track, or the most interesting track, is the title track, Astral Possession. Um, it's got this really fast paced uh, rhythm, like picking section that reminds me a lot of the early Naglfar stuff. Um, when I read about these guys on heavymetalabout.com, I felt like those guys were a little bit hard on Ghost Rising. Like they gave it like a two out of five or something, saying that it was just like all over the place. And like one of the things they said was like on that track, the Astral Possession track, that there's a guitar solo in there that quote unquote comes out of nowhere. And I don't really agree with that. I, I feel like if you kind of know that this is like if this if these are their influences, right, and this is like the context which they're building the album in. It actually fits pretty well with what they're doing. Um, actually, I thought it was pretty good. I think that you know the, the tough thing with an EP that's on like three tracks and fifteen minutes is that you, you're always going to want more. You're not sure exactly what the band is capable of. I wouldn't write them off the way that HeavyMetalAbout.com did. I will say that it's not something I probably listened to for multiple times. You know, because it's kind of is what it is. But I'll say that the promise. Uh, and the potential are there for sure. It's something that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on uh, for their full release. Um, it's something that I would definitely recommend for any kind of uh, death metal fan out there. Uh, definitely something worth checking out. Um, a second one that I reviewed this week is Orancy Pazuzu, uh, with I think it's their fourth uh, full length release. <laughs> Oh, 
I'm not even going Dude, there's to. There's a lot of umlauts in yeah, that. I don't I, even I think I really want to try it. I'm not going to try it. That's just too much. Uh, but these guys, they're out of Finland. They describe themselves as psychedelic black metal. Now, I know you and I talk about this, Chris, but yep. Dan, you're a fan. You said you're a fan of the Diablo series. Yeah. All right, listen. This album could be a soundtrack for easily for Diablo Diablo 3, but really any of the Diablo games. And if you are familiar with that, those kinds of songs that are on there, then you know what you're getting here. To me, I guess in terms of similarities, it sounds like if you took, say, Tool, Swans, definitely some Sun, maybe a little Rob Zombie, mashed it all together, ran it through a black metal filter, then re-recorded that shit while on a really bad acid trip, and that's kind of what you can expect here. It's just, it's really creepy. It's like very dark ambiance. Um, you know, they describe themselves as black metal, but I don't know that I would really use that. Not because I'm trying to be like puritanical or anything, but because like there are some serious fucking grooves for days on this album. And it's nothing that I would ever use to describe black metal. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean right that in all. a good way, you know. It's really, it's, but it really is, it's like really evil sounding stoner metal. And it's it's really fucking good. I really enjoyed it. It's gonna be something I'd recommend across the board here. I don't know if it's top three material because there's definitely a few albums in your stash, Chris, that I still want to check out. But it's still pretty good for what it is. It's definitely worth uh, giving a listen. All I'm imagining is just like this really like lo-fi sound and this voice going over. This it's is, stay a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not lo-fi at all. It's it's very. It's got that kind of ambiance that Sun kind of produces, you know. Oh. Um. The only thing that's really black metal about it, I guess, is like the themes and also, to some extent, the vocals. Because the vocals are kind of sinister sounding, but they're not, I don't know, they're not like as growly as you would expect. Stay a while. <laughs> uh, before we go on to Chris, <laughs> go on to the show. <laughs> I did not get to listen to too many this week. Again, I tried to go through everything, find what I wanted to, and then go back through it. I did not get a chance to do much of that. So I'm just going to do some quick shout out bits right here. So, new Anvil album, if you're a fan of Anvil, fan of straight-up just traditional heavy metal, Anvil is Anvil has come out. Um, <laughs> Anvil is Anvil, and nothing more. <laughs> this is this, <laughs> and nothing more. Um, another album that kind of caught my interest that I want to go back and listen to uh, is from the Black Twilight Circle, which may be more of Pete's Alley. Um, Black Twilight Circle? Yeah. Okay. They, 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 it goes underneath... Um, the four separate artist names because it's like kind of a combination like each artist has their own track but they come together under a group called the Black Twilight Circle okay. um, it's called Desert Dances and Serpent, uh, Serpent Sermons and uh, Atmospheric Black Metal from what I've heard so far sounded pretty awesome, awesome. Okay. Um, this one's more for you Chris Headspace All That You Fear Is Gone uh, Side Project Damien Wilson oh shit sounds badass oh dude I, got I have such a Man crush on Damien Wilson. <laughs> uh, I got to hear one track on on uh, on YouTube. Uh, really good. They're on Inside Out, so you know what you're. I think expect. we we mentioned these guys weeks back, probably when they first announced that they were coming out with a record. Probably yes. Yeah. Okay. But they they their album is out this week. Um. Last one is going to be the new album from Redemption, The Art of Loss. Uh, Redemption is Power Prog more toward the prog side of things um, but they've been around for a good while one of those bands again like Circle to Circle they're just kind of like they have a steady place under the radar but they are really good mm -hmm. so um, I only listened to three tracks wasn't into it right away 
Um, but I'm going to go back and listen to it because like, I found the entire thing on Bandcamp. So, cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, Chris, <sighs> what I'm going to do is 30 second reviews. Oh, for you, got the, you don't tie I, me. I got this. Oh my <laughs> <I'm> gosh. <ready. laughs> all right. I'll try all right. to give you some more time by going quick here. No, it's, no it's all right. All right. I, what, what I told the guys before is I listened to all these records first and then I went back and started writing little bits and pieces and I some things I wrote down a little bit more of and some things I had like one line for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first up, we have Devotion, Words and Crystals. It's the fourth studio album by a metal rock band from Italy. They sound very much like the Deftones in sounds, uh, in riffs, and vocal stylings. I'm a big fan of Deftones, so I really did enjoy this one. I had to listen to it again because it was the first album I listened to this week. But I highly recommend it for fans of the Deftones. Click. 20 seconds, go. Boom! <laughs> Droids Attack, Sci-Fi or Die. It's yes. the fourth release from Wisconsin's Stoner Riff Rock Outfit. Awesome grooves, thick guitar tones, very much wear their influences on their sleeves, from Sabbath to Motorhead to Misfits to Faith No More. And in here, I heard some guitar harmonies that are very similar to the ones that you hear in the Auburn Brothers, and they were so good. Yes. So good. It's really good. I actually did get to listen to one track from this, and I was, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was very impressed with this None one. of y'all take it. I might be taking that for top. <laughs> Damn. Go. All right. Greenleaf, Rise Above the Meadow. This is a rock and roll outfit from Sweden. Very retro, uh, retro riff bass and heavy on groove. And I just closed my eyes and I heard Chris Martin singing for the sword. That's what this sounded like to All me. Right. And it was actually quite good. It's funny because whenever I close my eyes, I think about Tony Martin singing. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Martin is the dude from Coldplay. So. Yeah, that, that boring-ass guy you saw at the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't watch that. <laughs> um, next one up is Entombed AD, Dead Dawn. It's the second studio released from the band formed in 2014 in, from the ashes of the original Entombed. <laughs> Pete and I listened to this last week, and it was actually quite good. Uh, I have to give it a second listen to because I haven't listened to it since yeah, then. Yeah, same here. I have to go back and listen to it. Pete, Pete was kind of upset that uh, Pat took Entombed for the uh, top three. You know, but that's on me. Like, honestly, I didn't listen to it right away, so... Yeah, I still have to pick my, my other two, so I have to go back to the scripts to see what I wrote about other things. Anyway, moving on. Omnium Gatherum, Grey Havens. It's the seventh album from the Finnish uh, quote-unquote adult-oriented death metal. Wait a minute, pause time. What? Adult-oriented death metal. I think this is death metal for dads. So I'm a dad. Uh, I liked it. Whatever. (laughs) 
I, that's actually the only <laughs> thing I have written for it. I did really enjoy it. I had to listen to it again to get some more um, details on it. But other than that, it was really good. Wait, did they describe them, themselves? That's that? that's them. That's that's from their Facebook page. What the hell? Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's from their Facebook page. Serious. Next up, the unguided lust and loathing. I found them to be a generic melodic death metal band from Sweden. They sound very much like Soilwork and Sonic Sonic Syndicate, which is not surprising seeing that many of the members are from Sonic Syndicate previously. Mm. Um, there's just really nothing that sets them apart from any of those other bands. So we're going to be playing that Monopoly clip. Don't be coming back now. We will not be tagging them in this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> Next one up is Mondo Drag, The Oculation of Light. the third album from the Storm of Prague band from Oakland. They actually just recently moved to Oakland from Iowa. Their influences include Magma, King Crimson, Goblin, and Yes, and pretty much the entire decade of the 70s. And they're awesome. <laughs> Next up, Cult of the Lost Cause, Contritions. It's the second effort by the heavy instrumental rock trio from Denver, and this is definitely more on the riff side than the noodle side of uh, progressive rock. <laughs> Come to the noodle side. <laughs> riff versus, versus noodle. noodle. This yes. is pretty. <laughs> on the t-shirt. Yeah. Clearly, Chris is noodle. I'm more riff. I think. <laughs> um, the next one I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing: the Omnihility, uh, Dominion of Misery. Again, this is my holy fuck technical death metal uh, <laughs> quotation here. At times I heard Deicide, at other times I heard Cannibal Corpse. Nice. Very heavy old school death metal influence, but with a modern technicality interwoven in. And then the just brutal and in your face. It's awesome. Awesome. I, I would definitely recommend this one for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check this one out. Divine Realm. I want you to uh, read this one off as you wrote it. Technum Argenti and... Ah! It's to Prague! <laughs> noodling at its finest and it's the debut record from the Canadian band. Canadian noodling. Yep. Canadian noodling. <laughs> they call that poutine or something. <laughs> <laughs> there are no French fries. I mean, fries. <laughs> Next one up is one that we listened to yesterday, Pete. Uh, Destroyer 666 yes. Wildfire. It's actually the fifth album by this European black thrash metal unit, and it really caught our attention yeah, like, really I mean, it well. I'm like, good. I think that it was the last song that had like a lot of epicness to it that just really closed out the album incredibly well, and it just from beginning to end, it really just kept our attention going throughout the entire thing. 
So I highly recommend that one. Yeah, that last track had some like folk metal influences yes, out of nowhere. Absolutely. It sounded great. Yeah. We, this is actually an album that we listened to after Destroyer 666. We started it. Um, Slab Dragger, Rise of the Dawn Crusher. Stoner Doom Metal from London, and it pretty much sounds like Black Sabbath. You know, early Black Sabbath. So, definitely highly recommend that. Last one up, Black Cobra Imperium uh, Simulacra. Sometimes hardcore, sometimes thrash, sometimes traditional heavy metal, all the time. Awesome. And that is what I listened to this week for new releases. I want to congratulate you because there was no review that went over 27 That's seconds. Awesome. Boom, baby! Yes. Ha! I'm good. Yeah, you almost done all about 50. 15. Hey, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, and most of my most of my intervals are 30 for 30, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I got that shit on lockdown. <coughs> so now you can take a breath in. And talk about what else you listened to this week. Well, I listened to Iced Earth, uh, based on a discussion that Pierre and I had earlier this week that kind of leads into our discussion yeah. later on in this podcast. I forgot what the discussion was. <laughs> well, we'll get into that later, yeah. but I listened to a bunch of Iced Earth. Um, I listened to Bruce Dickinson, which also plays into our discussion this week. Um, Amana Marth, the last two records. Circle to Circle because I got the new record for three ninety nine at CD Exchange. I'm so mad at you. I know. I, I have to go stop at CD Exchange and see if anybody else got it. Yeah. That that I was so surprised to see that I was like, wait, that's gotta be wrong. But no. <laughs> and then the guy behind the counter is like, that's the second time this week. What? <laughs> it's like I missed it. I'm like yeah, you did. Bought that shit up. Uh, but at the same time, because they had the if you buy three CDs for three ninety nine, you get them all for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. I picked up uh, a triple CD set of like some techno synthwave compilation. Um, like I said, that was really cheap, so I picked it up. And then also at CD Exchange, I had um, Blood Has Been Shed was for three ninety nine. So that nice. was my my three bit there. And then of course, just Anthrax. Yep. All the time. All Anthrax all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright, so for me, of course, Anthrax, you know, as soon as I got released, I've also listened to some Megadeth Dystopia, but thanks to Chris, who gave me his vinyl. Uh, also, Iced Earth as well, uh, mainly Dystopia and Framing Armageddon, because goddamn, those are good albums. <laughs> yeah. It's just, no, I mean, uh, Stu Block is great, Ripper is great, it's just not right that one band can have that many great singers, right. it, you know what I mean? Uh, one cool thing I found out too, and maybe this is just on me for not knowing about this, but apparently, upon when Ice Earth released Dystopia, there was a, a downloadable track that you could get, like if you like order the bonus version, I guess, and it's a cover of the Trooper, and Stu Block kills it on that. It's <laughs> dude, yeah, it's, dude, it's, it's so good. Dude. One of us saw it. Like you sent me the YouTube link. I'm definitely like it's ripping that up so later. Dude. Good man. Oh my god. And then because of that, because of like that cover, I uh, went back to uh, listen to uh, Sound of Perseverance by Death because of the cover of Painkiller on it. I oh, love that yeah. one. It's so good, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> been, a, been a good week. I'll grab my CDs real quick. Hang on one second. Okay. Oh, this is what Dan's going to listen to here. There's a stack oh, right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so earlier in the week, I posted a picture of um, 
the copy of the Nightmare World CD that I got. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. And it, had, and it came with a little note from, from Billy. Um, but I listened to that. I got Tomahawk over here. First Tomahawk album. Uh, Iced Earth as well, actually. <laughs> Incidentally. But it was Plagues of Babylon because I, when this album came out, I bought it. Barely ever listened to it. So It's a good one. It's pretty good. So I put it's that a good on. one. I mean, it kind of gets like, kind of forgotten about because it's the second album with Stu Block yeah. and it just kind of followed up um, Dystopia yeah. but it doesn't take anything away from it no absolutely um, also Anthrax album I listened to some last night I listened to some um, I put my iPod on, on um, shuffle a lot this week so I happen to have a 65 disc box set of Johnny Cash <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> Uh, which is everything that Johnny Cash released on Columbia Records from like 1959 to 1990 something. So uh, every other track was Johnny Cash. <laughs> uh, but other than that, it was like you know Iron Maiden thrown in there a couple times, Blind Guardian, Bob Dylan. So just a just a random sort of week. But that's pretty much it. So let's move on to general news, which seems a little light this week. Yeah, general news is a little light this week, but it does start off with something of a bummer. We cannot play our clip this week, unfortunately. Um, Riverside guitarist Piet... Peter. Peter, we're just going to call it Peter. Uh, Grudzinski, this is a very Slavic name yeah, here. Yeah. Um, he passed away, according to a statement from the Polish uh, progressive rock band's website. He was 40 years old. I have not seen a follow-up about what the cause of death was. Mm. So. I'm gonna say for, for being that young, yeah, and I, I, I I think it came as a surprise to everybody because apparently coming from Mike Portnoy, who's like the source of news for everything, oh my God. he no 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 he actually um, he was playing a show with one of his bands and this guy happened to be at the show and it was like two nights before he passed away, oh. so this is definitely something that was very sudden. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just imagining like. Like, it's very sad that this man died. I will be resuming drumming roles for the Riverside going forward. <laughs> but the guitarist died. I don't care. <laughs> My drumming is very melodic. <laughs> talking about someone dying here, guys. <laughs> no, no, that's how, that's how we grieve. Uh, we laugh. Obviously, any, any death is terrible. And again, like, he was a young guy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I can only imagine what it was. If you that'll probably be an old business next week. Hopefully. Yeah, and I'm actually I have to go back now and listen to Riverside now because if they're a progressive rock band that slipped under my radar, that's a very bad thing for me. So yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna abuse himself all week for not having heard of this band. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, continuing on, uh, Suicidal Tendencies will be joined on their run with Megadeth by former Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo behind the drum kit. Mm. No word on why longtime Suicidal drummer Eric Moore won't be on the tour. Unfortunately, <laughs> Dave Lombardo, who's also in every other band that's not involved with Mike Portnoy. I was going to say the next bit of old business. Mike Portnoy joined Suicidal <laughs> Tendencies. <laughs> next one up, former Nightwish singer Annette Olsen. Olsen? Yeah, Olsen. Okay. Uh, was taken to a hospital in Sweden after allegedly being beaten down and robbed by a junkie on her way home um, early Monday. So... Europe doesn't seem to be the place to be right now for, yeah, for right? metal artists. <laughs> Truly. Um, Aventasia uh, lost its bid to represent Germany at the 2016 Eurovision Song Contest in Stockholm this May. Aventasia placed third out of the ten featured acts on Foreign Words Stockholm. 
<laughs> with 17-year-old singer Jamie Lee Kurwitz Kritz, um, winning the competition with the song Ghost, which was already reached number one in Germany. So, there you go. Was, was second place David Hasselhoff with Kung Fury? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, last bit of general news that I read up on today, um, actually right before I got here, uh, the concept behind Dream Theater's latest double album, The Astonishing, is being adapted into a video game. Oh, yeah. Um, apparently, it's going to be released on PC, Mac, and iOS and Android in 2016. Oh, it's, oh, only, wow. it's only on computers. They're not console fans. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? And I'm not surprised it being Dream Theater. It's prog snobs it's releasing things for, snobs, for, for gaming snobs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you uh, if, you, s- you skipped over one of the uh, news articles, by the way. Did I? Yeah, uh, the ghost one. Oh. Oh, I did. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Ghosts were honored in the uh, Best Hard Rock and Metal category at the Swedish Grammys, which is the Swedish Grammy equivalent. <laughs> uh, the band also performed the song He Is at the ceremony, and apparently it was an incredible performance. I'm sure uh, it was televised there and everything. I'm, I'm like, sure it was. I'm sure it was. There must Some be bush league thing like we had here. Yeah, well, <laughs> the Swedish equivalent of the Grammys is awesome, apparently. But that's it for general news, really. Nothing uh, nothing big. All right, let's go on to recording news. Here's one that was actually kind of fun, because it was like, it changed like within like a day. Yngwie Malmsteen has record, completed work on a new album titled World on Fire for a tentative April release. But then as of Monday, Malmsteen appears to have decided against using the title for the upcoming CD. Speculation is the name was scrapped due to the fact that Guns N' Roses guitarist slash released an album with the identical title less than a year and a half ago. Something that Todd Kearns, who's the bassist for Slash's backing band, uh, The Conspirators, humorously called Ingve out on in a tweet over the weekend. So, And then Ingve then decided to, quote, Unleash the fucking fury! <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard that clip? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like something that happened on a plane somewhere and somebody pissed him off and... Somebody recorded him ranting and raving. He goes, I'm going to unleash the fucking fury! <laughs> Which became the title of his follow-up album. Which is funny, because uh, I think uh, one of the things on that metal show is they have a lightning round. They ask, like, if you were in any other band, what would you be in? It was Corey Taylor. And Corey Taylor said, I want to be the bassist for Yngwie Malmsteen, just so I can watch the fury every night. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about the bass player. Yeah, really. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Gojira have finished mixing their long-awaited new album for a tentative spring release via Roadrunner, and I am stoked right for on. that one, because the last Gojira album was so good. I don't know if you guys listened to them at all. Oh, quality stuff, dude. Um, according to former Guns N' Roses publicist Arlet uh, Varik, Slash, Duff, and Izzy have been working on new Guns N' Roses material, though frontman Axl Rose has yet to be involved in the sessions. <laughs> How many jokes can we make about this? Man, that's just uh, writes itself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can break this apart. The the former Guns N' Roses publicist already right there, not a credible source. <laughs> like truly, I mean, we're gonna be hearing about this stuff anytime. Like anytime one of them like walks in or out of the studio. Oh my god, they're recording on a Guns N' Roses record for the next twenty fucking years. Uh, I'm just imagining like Slash, Duff McKagan, Izzy Stradlin in the studio recording stuff and then Axl Rose is like on the outside of the door in his underwear trying to bash the door in like <laughs> I want in What they don't tell you is that they're actually recording a new Velvet Revolver record. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Okay, moving on. Texas Hippie Coalition is releasing its fourth full-length album, Dark Side of Black. How is that even possible? Anyway, due on April 22nd via Carved Records. Slightly darker shade of black. Yeah, really. Anyway, here's one that's a real mix of bands here. Them, the band's called Them, is the new U.S. metal band featuring Michael Pond, who's in like everything apparently, and drummer Kevin Talley from Suffocation. Uh, they inked a deal with Belgium's Empire Records. A limited edition tour CD called Fear Them will be available on Them's Jesus Christ. <laughs> U.S. Canadian tour as uh, the support act for German power metalers um, Halloween and can also be purchased at Them's at th- th- theirs, whatever, Bandcamp page. Uh, Fear Them contains three tracks uh, called Forever Burns, Dead of Night, and Blood from Blood from them's <laughs> upcoming debut album Sweet Hollow that is difficult to read <laughs> that is really difficult to read it's fucking hard as hell uh, my, my first thought though is like you guys you guys should be a King Diamond tribute band <laughs> right <laughs> and you that doesn't, like doesn't sound right and trying to write them's and theirs and those and what <laughs> them's theirs band camp let's age. just say <laughs> those guys they're, them's dudes <laughs> <laughs> them guys, oh, guys. It was that, yeah, that was hard. Uh. <laughs> All right, next up here, Metallica were recently named the official ambassadors of Record Store Day, which falls on April sixteenth this year. Uh, of course, the biannual event focuses on releasing limited edition special items only available at independent music stores. Uh, Metallica's contribution this year will be a live album of their two thousand three performance at. Bataclan in Paris, France, which is also the location of the Paris attack this past November. Um, all proceeds from the sale will be donated to Give for France, the Give for France Fund. Uh, Metallica announced the limited edition release will be called Liberté, Egalité, Fraternity, Metallica. <laughs> Yay! Uh, the setlist for that show, according to setlist.fm, is a um, is as follows: It's the Four Horsemen, Leper Messiah, No Remorse. Faith of Black, Frantic, Ride the Lightning, Blackened, and the encores of Seek and Destroy and Damaged Incorporated. You had me until Frantic. Yeah. Well, remember, it's 2003. Yeah, I know. But, I I mean, the rest of that's pretty good. Yeah. uh, Nothing from the Black album there. Um, Really old stuff, except for Frantic. Yeah. So that's a a pretty badass set list right there. Actually, um, I'm kind of bummed because it was either last year or the year before their contribution to Record Store Day was um, a reprinting of no life to leather on cassette. I remember that. I wanted that so bad. Yeah. Next up, we got two bits of news here from Candlemass. Um, Candlemass will release a special 30th anniversary EP titled Death, Death Thy Lover on June 3rd via Napalm. And they will also release a special 30th anniversary 3CD, 2DVD set called Behind the Wall of Doom on April 29th via Peaceville. The set will include an expansive 92-page book Written by Per Ola Nielsen. That actually sounds kind of cool. I'm I'm a passive fan to Candlemass. Um, I want to get more into them, so this might be my time. Well, we might be getting more into them because we listened to an uh, a band today called Oceans of Slumber, which is available. The download was available on Skateboard Marketing. Isn't that coming out like next week? Yeah. Yes, it is. 
and holy fuck, dude, they from? were great. Yeah, they were a... so good. There's... I've already claimed them for my March top three. Um, I'm telling you, there's gonna be a fight. <laughs> it's, it's, this... They do a really good cover of the Moody Blues, and when I checked out their Facebook page, they also do a cover of Candlemass's Solitude. Apparently, from the reviews that they've gotten, they totally make it their own. Yeah. Um. So. That Knights and White Sand cover, though, was incredible. Yeah, I mean, and everything oh. about this band... Like, actually, we're going to stop talking about yeah, them. We'll talk about them next week. Yeah, um, yeah. But look forward to that one. That okay. is a great record coming out. Okay. Um, last uh, Second to last bit of news here. Royal Thunder, the band that Pete and I have been jockeying for yep. quite some time now, they recently signed with Spine Farm Records and are gearing up to record their new album for the label. The band shared an image on Instagram February 24th, which finds them in pre-production for the effort at Aria Recording Studio in Georgia. So hopefully they get something out to us by the end of the year, which would be awesome. Yeah, word. And last bit of news, Rage. Not Rage Against the Machine, but the band called Rage will release their brand new studio album called The Devil Strikes Again on June 10th via Nuclear Blast. That is cool because Rage is awesome. I've actually never listened to them. They're one of those bands that I've heard of for like the last 15 years just just think like Iron Savior and stuff like that like oh just, okay just just straight up German power metal that gritty voice yeah it, it's they're good sounds, sounds great to me yeah. <laughs> alright so let's talk now about touring news which seems to be quite a bit yeah there was a lot of stuff announced here this is pretty cool alright first up Deftones will headline the Point Fest at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in Maryland Heights, Missouri. That's MO, Missouri? Yes. Okay. On uh, May 21st, the lineup for the event <clears throat> runs as follows. is Deftones, Chevelle, Bring Me the Horizon, Cody and Cambria, The Struts, Floggy Molly, Story of the Year, Highly Suspect, Sick Puppies, Holy White Hounds, and The Hush List. Is it bad that the only band I would want to see there is Floggy Molly? Really? I mean, maybe maybe Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, I, I would see Coheed and Cambria and I, the Deftones. Yeah, yeah, I would probably leave after Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bring Me the Horizon has announced a headline uh, U.S. Spring Tour. Dates kick off April 30th at Welcome to Rockville Festival in Jacksonville, Florida, and continue through May 22nd at Columbus, Ohio's Rock on the Range. No Texas dates, or no San Antonio dates, anyway. Hmm. Uh, the Metal Allegiance will embark on the Destination Almost East Coast Tour this spring. The seven-day trek kicks off March 31st in Providence, Rhode Island, followed by stops in Poughkeepsie, New Haven, and Lancaster before the final show on April 7th at the Gramercy Theater in New York. Uh, support on the trek will come from Next to None and Chains Over Razors. And accompanying Mike Portnoy, Alex Skolnick, and Mark Menji on these uh, special shows are Mark Asagata from Death Angel, uh, Bumblefoot from Gun- formerly of Guns N' Roses and Chuck Billy of Testament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a couple of really good shows right there. Um, next month, Crowbar will kick off a 10th anniversary tour behind their 2006 release Broken Glass, which will see the band perform the album in full. I'm not familiar with it. So. I'm not, like I've gotten the Crowbar a little bit later, like mm-hmm. especially specifically with Symmetry in Black, which is our last record. Mm-hmm. And I have a, like a best of collection, so I'm not really familiar with Broken Glass. Gotcha. Hell yeah, we'll embark on the uh, We're All in This Together tour 2016 um, in April. Support from the trek will come from Escape the Fate, New Year's Day, and from Ashes to New. The 18 date tour across U.S. will kick off on May 2nd in Baltimore, Maryland, and end on June 5th in Las Vegas, Nevada, including an appearance here in San Antonio at the River Rock Fest. 
River City Rockfest, sorry. Ooh. Hell yeah. No. No, 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 no. I think the thing that bothers me about Hell Yeah is that the only one who has any kind of credible reason to wear a cowboy hat is Vinnie Paul. I'm glad that that's like... Because I always thought that was just me. I, I just don't like that aesthetic that they have with the fucking cowboy hats. Like, I, I, I think... Just, I think... The, I, I think... Dude, Chad Gray's from Illinois. Like, what the fuck are you doing wearing a cowboy hat? Just, You're not from the South. But just turn it down a notch. It's just, it's like playing to that weird, stupid, I don't know, macho style that just sucks sometimes in metal. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, OTEP will embark on the Generation Doom Tour in April. The lineup for the trek looks to the uh, looks to differ with um, Lacey Sturm, who used to be in Flyleaf. She only appears on a couple select dates. But for the rest of the tour, Otep will be joined uh, by September Morning, Through Fire, and Dolphskin. No San Antonio or Texas dates, as far as I know. Uh, Thy Art is Murder, Return, oh, Rings of Saturn, Fit for an Autopsy, and Dark Sermon will be out this spring on the Coffin Dragger Tour. There's a San Antonio date on April 9th at the Alamo City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Alright, in addition to their already announced tour with Hatebreed, Devil You Know, and Act of Defiance... Devil Driver have announced a headlining run of their own. Holy Grail, Insight, and Hemlock will be joining them for this venture, but there's no San Antonio dates. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of Devil Driver anyway. Holy Grail will be fun to see, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Soulfly, Suffocation, Battlecross, Abnormality, and Lodi Kong look to be planning a spring tour together. Two dates for the as-yet unannounced unannounced run have slipped out with an official announcement expected very soon, but it hasn't happened since this writing that would be interesting to see I love Battlecross I don't know if you guys have yeah, listened to Battlecross yeah I love Battlecross yeah. uh, Corrosion Conformity have announced an April tour with Mothership as support the run will lead Corrosion Conformity into their next tour which will find them out with Lamb of God and Clutch hey, that will be a fun tour to see. yeah that would be awesome <clears throat> alright the 2016 44 Fest lineup has been finalized Sick of It All will headline with a 30 year anniversary show while the rest of the bands on the bill include Walls of Jericho, Vision of Disorder, Iron Reagan, The Old Firm Casuals, Wisdom and Chains, Insign, Insign, yeah, okay, Grade, Last Imprint, Dragged In, and Dragged In, that's okay. The festival will be held at the Opera House in Toronto on May 28th. One of my top recordings, uh, top threes for, I think it was October. Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, Dreadnought, they will be touring the Southwest this spring with uh, Neo from San Francisco. Um, they have a San Antonio date here at April 1st at Bottom Bracket. Never heard of it. Never heard of the venue, but because of the band's small uh, status, I would imagine that it's probably a small place. Uh, Whitesnake will embark on the Greatest Hits Tour 2016 in June, and they have a date here June 6th at the Majestic. Do they have any opening act? Or are they going out again on their own? <laughs> Bad jokes. It's been too quiet for the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, just been me talking. Please. Please interrupt. <laughs> Apparently these guys are still a thing. Il Nino. I was will, just thinking that. Will mark the 15th anniversary of their 2001 debut album, Revolution, Revolution. With a tour of full album performances. Big surprise. Apparently, Bubble Flex is still a thing because they are going to be on a tour with them and Terror Universal, who also features members of Il Nino, so they actually got you know double duty here. Um, 
they do have a San Antonio date, uh, May 12th at Fitzgerald's. It sounds like someone's backyard. It's a bar. It's a, pretty, it? it's a pretty popular venue. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Those last year's edition of the Metal Alliance Tour fell apart. The Trek will return this year with a lineup that includes Dying Fetus, the Acacia Strain, Jungle Rot, Black Crown Initiate, and Exit Strategy. And the last bit of Tory news right here. Um, the Eagles of Death Metal... Uh, they rescheduled their European tour that was canceled after the no- November Paris attacks. Uh, this time they have to cancel it again, but under less tragic circumstances, frontman guitarist Jesse Hughes has torn a tendon in his finger, causing him to require some time off. Yeah. <clears throat> they happen to say how that happened, did they? Probably playing. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't read that far into it, and they actually didn't mention it on the, the site, so... No... Okay, that's it for uh, touring news. So that's it for touring news, and we're going to move on to heavy uh, metal in the charts. So we're going to give Chris a moment to uh, pull up the Billboard website because we do not write them down beforehand. We actually run through the top two hundred. There we go. Um, live, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Adele's number one. Okay. Really? Ooh, Adele. I'll support that. Now fifty-seven. <laughs> no. no. Let's not start that. Always. Don't want to start no, that again. No, no. Okay, okay. Give me some good news. <laughs> yes. Some good news. Uh, the the Grammy nominees CD is is up. You mean the one that doesn't have Ghost on? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Here's a good one. David Bowie's Black Star, his last record, is up from 42 up to 22. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's a good jump right there. Especially coming down. All right. The Deadpool soundtrack debuts at number 30. Uh, have you guys seen it yet? Yes. Yes. I was um, I was actually a little disappointed in it, but still, a great, still a great movie. Why? Why were you disappointed? I don't know. I expected a little bit more over the top. That was pretty uh, fucking over the I, top. Like, in comparison to a lot of the other like superhero well, films that come well, out. Okay. It's still... I don't know. I, I expect a little bit more. I, I figure that because of the fact that it was an origin story, they had to kind of keep it partially serious. I'm sure that when they make a sequel, mm-hmm. it will be like what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah, also, like, it was also, I think, relatively low budget in comparison to yes, the other one. Yes, so they, so. They, so, I, they even play that up. Considering the bank that they made on it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was also a first-time director, if I'm not mistaken. I, so, yeah, I think uh, the director hasn't really done much. No. A lot of his shots are pretty standard. I mean, but still, the action stuff was still really well done. Yeah, this action stuff was really... I love all the Easter eggs in it. Yeah. Um, like, I love I love all, like, the breaking the fourth wall, the 16th wall joke. I, I, everything about it I thought was just really fun. Yeah. Anyway, back to the charts. Before we get two <laughs> sidetracks here. Uh, Best of Bowie... David Bowie is up again too, uh, from forty-seven up to thirty-nine. Okay. Uh, Doherty, if you guys remember Doherty, he was like the hard rock guy on uh, American Idol. Daughtry. Daughtry, that's what I meant. Sorry. He uh, his uh, band has a new album out. It came out at number forty-three this yeah. week, actually. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like really? Yeah. Really? The very best of the Eagles is down from thirty-three. Uh, down to forty-six from thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Okay, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, Disturbed Immortalized is down from 56 to 61. Okay. okay. I'm still holding strong, though. I mean, that, that's almost a year now. Yeah. Well, no, we, we it came out while we were doing this podcast. Did it? Yes. Okay, fuck it then. 
So it's been like I think you even said that two weeks ago. I think I did too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Been, I, 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 somewhere between four and six months now. So. My uh, my uh, sense of time is really all sorts of fucked up. Anyway, it's all disturbed. <sighs> that was not me j- making a joke about. Yes, it was. I'm just saying like, it's disturbed. They, stop. You, you know what they're gonna be. Stop talking. Um, just stop. Beatles one is uh, up from '87 to '85. Metallica Black album up from '98 to '93. Queen's Greatest Hits took a 10, 10 spot slide from 85 to 95. Still good. That dancing guy, Michael Jackson, you know, he dances pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's never, off the wall. Heard thriller. <laughs> uh, that, that has yet to be seen. What are you talking about? He's off the wall. Literally, his album, Off the Wall, is actually on the charts at 96. Huh. Um, Journey's Greatest Hits, always floating around the 100 area. It's actually at 99, up from 108. The Eagles, their greatest hits, 1971 to 1975, is up from 134 up to 105. Ah, Megadeth Dystopia is down from 79, but still at 111. 111, okay. Oh, man, we're, we're hitting 110s, and it hasn't been mentioned of something yet. Well, thank oh, Hold on, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. wait here it is. Wait, uh, Michael Jackson's bad <laughs> is up to 114 from 123. But then, um, Five Figure Death Punch God, six. is actually up pretty good to this week. What? From 137 to 116. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> First of all, that's bullshit because why is why is Megadeth falling and that's going up? What the hell is going I, on? Because I guarantee you that anybody who's streaming the Megadeth record, it's on the same playlist. With five figure death punch. Let, let me, let me they just, just kind of throw the dicks out there with everything. <laughs> I'm gonna hide my phone in the Spotify account that has like a whole lot of last played from five figure death punch. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there oh my that God. Shit <laughs> Michael Jackson's ripping it up this week somehow. He's up there with Thriller at 122. It's down from 109, but still third Michael Jackson record on the on the charts here. It's Thriller not the anniversary of his death, is it? That was no, well, I don't think so. That I think that happened in the like closest to the summer. I think I don't. I don't remember when it happened. So I thought it was closer to like winter, like early winter. But I, I don't. Whatever. know. Whatever. Anyway, classic rock favorites uh, is back on the charts. It was on last week, but it's back on the charts at one twenty four. Don't know what's on it, so don't ask. Classic rock favorites. <laughs> well, you know. NWA Straight Outta Compton, one thirty one. I want to see that movie stuff. Yeah, that's because of the movie. I'm sure, right? Well, actually, the soundtrack is up is on higher on the charts, and then this is the, yeah. the actual album. Okay. So, let's see here. I'm still going. The essential Michael Jackson, as I guess is the greatest hits, is uh, at 148. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, so that's still up there. Actually, it's up big from 199 to 150. It's pretty awesome. People are getting ready because they just announced like two actors are going to be in it, one of which is Kurt Russell. True, true. Uh, Appetite for Destruction is back on the charts at 154. <laughs> Following the announcement of a potentially new album, maybe not really. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Master of Puppets, it's up from 186 to 167. Okay. Do, 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 do. Back in Black, up from 183 to 175. Let's see, the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> And Justice for All is up from 192 to 189. 
American Idiot by Green Day is up one spot from 194 to 193. And Creedence Water Revival Chronicle, the 20 greatest hits, closes it out at 200. Okay. Not like much that. new. Nothing much new here. What P and I were talking about is it's going to be interesting what happens next week. I want to see if Megadeth can stay on the charts and have Anthrax on the charts. So you can have two of the big four of Thrash on the charts at the same time, yeah, which would be fucking awesome. Maybe Metallica can rush out a release. And I swear to God, if Five Finger Death Punch is above both of those, I'm burning down the billboard. I, th- I think <laughs> I think I think it's safe to say that Five Finger Death Punch will not be above Anthrax, yeah. but they might be above Megadeth. I would like it if they were one spot ahead of Anthrax. <laughs> Just to piss off Pete. <laughs> yeah, if they climb back into like the top 100, I think Pete just might just like start throwing shit. Cancel this segment. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, Pete, that's it. Never doing this again. Not doing it anymore. Fuck you guys. You're just going to hear a lot of guns clicking and bullets dropping. Is it a six-shooter? Oh, did, 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 quick, did it get quick, Joe Six? Quick, quick thing before we. Oh uh, my God! Quick thing. Quick, quick thing before we go on to social. Actually, before we go on to our interview section. Um, so I finally changed over my plates on my car, one of my cars, to Texas plates. Oh shit! And my um, it's license plate starts off with uh, GYD. I was like, oh man, if it was GYS, I'd be like, Pete, cut, yo, six. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't, so I was like, cut, yo, dick. <laughs> it doesn't sound as good. No, no it sounds kind of, kind of sounds homoerotic, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. And yet somehow I still prefer that to guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. it's, it's their follow-up EP, Got Your Dick. <laughs> Enough of you. Uh, so, let's move on to the next section, which is going to be the um, band interview portion. Um, during the last live show of the Shred Shack, Pat and Reese got the chance to not only um, interview the members of Psycho, who are a uh, New York, I think New York, New Jersey-based um hard rock heavy metal band but they also got to have uh, an in-studio acoustic performance from them um, I'm not sure what Pat plans to do with the acoustic portion of the show but we do have um, the interview with them to post up here uh, not going to be too much of a long one so it's going to be a couple minutes but here is Pat and Reese's interview with the members of Psyka Hey everybody we are here in the WCWP studio with Seika. how you guys doing? Good, how are you? Good. Awesome. Gotta say, I was a little thrown off because I saw you come in in costume, but without the face paint. Yeah, Because right, yeah, right. yeah. we've had some people come in who normally do the face paint thing, like Imperial Crypt. They came in without the face paint, too. Right. And none of them dress up for it. Is, is it us, or is it... Right. No, we're just changing things up a little bit. There we now. go. Yeah. Now, I know you guys have been doing interviews all day today, so if you're too tired for this, just let me know. No way. No. Awesome. I'm ready to go. <laughs> So we got our hands on the new EP. I got to say, I really liked it. I dug a lot of it. It was a lot of different styles, but I thought it all sounded really good. Thank, Thank you. you. Was that self-produced or is that... Uh, uh, that's produced by him. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then you're just the guy I want to talk to. Very good. <laughs> what, right. what can you tell us about the production? Uh, well, we came together at the Manhattan Center where Jess and Greg had uh, had been uh, working as artists, and they reached out to me, and uh, we got together, did 
uh, a cover of Ozzy and Lita's Close Minds Forever with our mutual friend Constantine Marulis. Mm-hmm. And, and then we started writing and trying some things. We started writing Suffer in Silence, and it sort of kept rolling from there. So we, we made the record in Manhattan Center, and now we're writing full length. You know, just before you guys got here, we were watching the video for Shock Me, and uh, it looked like fun. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Oh, it was an incredible experience. Uh, we worked at the Manhattan Center, so we had the entire building to kind of play with. Uh, we recorded, like, some of the scenes on the Hammerstein Ballroom stage and the Grand Ballroom stage, and we had an awesome crew working on the video with us, so it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been going to shows at the Manhattan Center since I was, like, maybe, like, 14 or 15, and you guys are local, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, so I'm, I'm just imagining, like, just telling the people, hey, we're shooting a music video here. Can you guys just clear out for a sec while we do whatever we want? <laughs> it was really incredible. Like, playing on that stage was really incredible. I mean, I know you guys are just starting off, but you haven't played at the Manhattan Center, like, for a crowd yet, have you? No, not yet. Okay. That may be happening soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, even if it's not at the Manhattan Center, I didn't actually see when your next show is going to be. When's the next time you're going to be performing? Our next show is March 25th at the Highline Ballroom in New York. Where is the Highline Ballroom? I, I I've always I've seen that it's and I've never. It's like 14th, yeah, it's and between 8th and 9th. Mm-hmm. Chelsea. And I saw somewhere that like your look is pretty iconic, and I can tell like even the look that's on the album cover, like I'm seeing it in front of me right now. Yes. Would you say that that image with the varsity jacket, the face paint, that that's a good representation of the band? A, a lot of that creative direction came from the music. Um, and uh, if you listen to the track Stay Wild, it has a lot of this like 1950s kind of influence, um, which is where some of the creative art direction came from for the album cover. I got to say, while we're still talking about the EP, I think one track that really stuck out to me was Rattle the Cage. Awesome. And what actually got me into it was seeing a guitar playthrough of it with you, Greg. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, yeah, that was his. And that's pretty impressive for a band that's only put out an EP. So did you approach them to do it, or did they approach you? It was through Madison Amps. So this new, uh, I'm, I just got an endorsement through Madison Amps, and that just it just snowballed from there. Nice. So it just, yeah, it just originated with that. Awesome. All right, so you got an EP now. Do you guys have more songs in the, in the can? Are you working on a full length? Yeah, we're working hard on a full length right now. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, any predictable time for that? or We're thinking like summer, this summer. Nice. Yeah. And uh, when it's released, are you guys going to cover any more Lita Ford? Or... It's the uh. whole album. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole record. I don't no, think there'll be any not. more covers. Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, you know, you have the EP out. Album's coming out soon. What's directly next? Like, what are you guys up to next? Well, we're really in a very creative zone right now, so it's been all about writing and working on uh, the next era stuff. But we're also uh, playing shows just here and there around the area, keeping up with the Stay Wild era. So, All right, any parting words for the fans before we head out? Uh, we love our psychos, man. Yeah, we love our psychos. You, you got a name for your fans? Yes, yes our psychos. Sir. The psychos. Yeah. Is it spelled S Y K O S? Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I knew it yeah. as soon as I heard it. Psycho. Psycho. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys, I saw that you brought instruments. I don't mean to impose. No. (laughs) But would you guys like to play something? Of course. Surely, man. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to get that set up. We'll be back with that in a second. This is the Shred Shack 89.7 FM, MyWCWP.org with Seika. So that was Pat and Reese's interview with the members of Psyka. And now we're going to move on to our social media highlight, of which I was going to do my social media highlight on Psyka. But I didn't have time. So Fail Gunner. 
We need like a sound clip of like that. We do. Like, we like, definitely do need a fail gunner soundtrack uh, sound clip. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess around and make one soon. Cool. Uh, Chris, start us off. All right. Well, I decided to um, do dormant torment. <laughs> Which is actually a band by a friend of Reese's. He sent us the link to the Bandcamp page uh, earlier this week, and I decided that I was going to take it on. Um, and they're an extreme metal band from I think it was East Meadow. I think I think that was it. New York. Yeah. Uh, so Long Island, pretty much. Um, but they were actually really good. Uh, there's a lot of subgenre influences here. There's some thrash. Uh, there's a, some blast beats in there. There's a little bit of death metal in there, but there's also some ch- melody and a lot of chug. Um, like I said, they, they cross the, the board here with genre influences. What really surprised me the most was the quality of the recording. Uh, the production of the music was actually quite good, and we talked about this last week with uh, Parallax, how I felt that the only downside to their demo was the fact that their vocals were a little lacking in production quality. This is the exact opposite. The vocal quality is actually really good. Um, it's harsh vocals throughout, um, but they are really well done can't really say much more than that because it, it was just very surprising for a demo to sound that good um, but if you're interested in some uh, local New York um, extreme extreme metal check out uh, Dormant Torment at facebook.com slash Dormant Torment uh, they're on Twitter at Dormant Torment and you can also go to their Bandcamp page dormanttorment.bandcamp.com it's almost, it's almost as difficult to say as them yeah, well them's, them's, them's. them's theirs dudes all right, Pete. All right, I've been pretty excited about this one. So for my social media highlight for this week, I'm covering Skyless Eons, the Era of Famine EP. So these guys are from London, Ontario. So earlier this week, they uh, one of the band members actually reached out to us on our page and sent this in. Um, and Dan, I think you gave it a quick listen, said it'd be right up my alley. And my God, that was an understatement because I don't think I've been blown away by one of our random social media uh, outreaches the way I was with this. So I guess, spoiler alert, I really loved this fucking album. Um, they describe themselves as black metal and metal death, but even with that, I think they're kind of selling themselves short because... There's just so many different 
genres going on here. Like you were talking about the last band. I mean, there's elements of prog metal, doom metal, extreme metal, technical metal, post metal, just in a bunch of other subgenres that would probably make me too fucking pretentious to even name. <laughs> um, nice. But that's actually what makes this so amazing. Um, so because of all that, I mean, describing their sound is a little bit difficult, I guess. I mean, at first listen, it kind of sounded to me like a very, an extremely brutal atmospheric black metal uh, type album. I guess for similarities, I'm thinking Cloud Rat, Leviathan, maybe some of the post metal stuff from bands like Mourn. Uh, but, you know, regardless, this isn't your typical kind of minor key only grim dark black metal stuff by no means. There's a level of musicianship here that, I mean, we really see like in established acts. I mean, I, I, was, I was really surprised by it. Um, though, Somewhat black metal style. I mean, the riffs are never overly repetitive, and they evolve throughout each track at a rapid pace. I hesitate to describe their sound as like upbeat, but I guess if you think of like some of the post black metal stuff that like Death Heaven does, that's kind of what I'm leaning okay. towards. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though it's maybe a little bit more upbeat, it's not by any means any less brutal. Um, so most of it, there's a lot of like kind of proggy black metal elements. You know, most of the songs will start off. Uh, very heavy, you know, with some double bass-backed riffs. They'll transition to these kind of clean interludes and then into these soaring, these soaring guitar solo passages, all the while, you know, distorted kind of growls overlaid. Um, we've got to take a moment to kind of talk about uh, that guitar work, too, I think. Um, probably my favorite track on here is My Torn Asunder. This is, a, by the way, a four-track EP. Um, so on My Torn Asunder, um, it starts off slow and heavy, maybe even a little sludgy. But then it builds up in intensity pretty quickly as the wrists turn crunchy, pounding, and extremely technical. And that level of energy is unrelenting in this track as it is in virtually all the others. Uh, so the band will maintain that tempo throughout the first about four minutes of the track, and then it shifts into something a little bit slower, a little bit more thoughtful. Dare I say, even it sounds like a little old Opeth, like which we've always loved. Um, and at about the four minute 50 mark, we're kind of treated to a little teaser of the guitar solo to come, and then during the closing minute, uh, Nicholas Luck, who's the guitarist who also sent this in to us, he just unleashes this doom-tinged solo that amazingly blends so well with all this kind of post-metal stuff that's happening around him. Um, I guess if I had to level any kind of critique, it's going to go back to the mixing stuff, which is sort of inevitable, I think, in some of these like you know first-time releases. Um, as I said, you know, there's a lot of distorted growls, a lot of distorted guitars. Um, and it can get kind of rough at times. I think those two things compete for a lot of space on this album to the point where sometimes it drowns out some of the other elements of the song, in particular these solos, which are really good, should really kind of be highlighted because it's something that stands out. I mean, it's something you really hear in a lot of black metal type stuff. Um, but honestly, I mean, that's really nitpicking and me looking to complain about stuff. <laughs> is overall it's a really fucking good album i mean i'm almost pissed off at how good it is because i'm like jealous like i wish i wish like i could do this kind of quality and work on the first my first go at something you know but as chris and i talked to before this uh 
we don't know. I don't know really sure how long they've been playing together. I mean, maybe this is something they've been in the works for a while. But in any event, it turned out incredible, and it gives me a lot of hope for the future of our genre. Honestly, when you have like these younger bands, because these guys look like they're in their twenties, if I'm gonna take a guess, but um, you know, they're they're taking these chances. They're claiming you know death metal. They're claiming black metal. And they're not, you know, trying to put out the same shit that we've heard since the 90s. It's like they're pushing the envelope, they're taking those chances, and the end result is something like this, which is really, really good. And it means that we're going to be listening to some really great stuff over the next few years, you know. Um, so yeah, to the guys at Scalaceons, if y'all are listening, when y'all finish your full length, please send it to us. We would love to give it a review. I'm certainly excited to see what you guys put out in the future. But in the meantime, everyone else, we can check them out on their Bandcamp page at skylesseons.bandcamp.com, and you can buy the Era of Famine EP for $6.66, because of course you can, it's fucking metal, after all. <laughs> um, you can also check them out on Facebook if you do a quick search for Skylesseons. All right. I'm actually looking forward to my, I already picked my social media highlight for next week, because uh, I was contacted on Twitter by a guy named Jeff Bobbin who is in, involved in a band called The Conduit and I'm just looking at their, their he sent me the uh, download version of their album for their from their Bandcamp page I'm looking at their description here and it says it's a heavy progressive metal project designed for listeners who desire detail and proficiency and captivation each song is comprised of sacred geometrical sequences Fibonacci rhythmic motives and meticulously headbangable time signatures. Oh my god! This I, I can has, hear, I can hear the blood yeah, rushing away from your head. Basically, writing a porno mag for Chris. Oh. Yeah, I mean, what the? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be noodling Jesus left and right. Christ. I cannot wait for this record <laughs> to listen to this. So I am stoked that this guy reached out to me. I cannot wait to check this out. So look forward to that one next week, guys. Okay. <laughs> well, wow. On to a, uh, kind of went off the rails there. But, uh, just reading that description is like, if I don't like this, you guys fucking failed. <laughs> so, now we're going to move on to our final bit for the night, which is the discussion, which after seeing it on the script, I remember what it was. <laughs> we're going to talk about some criminally underrated bands. Um... Obviously, specifically more to metal, but we're also going to probably branch into rock a little bit. Yeah, probably also just, I might even mention, like, artists who are underrated. Mm. Um, well, this this can also be um, individual members and whatnot. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm also what I'm thinking, because I have a particular guitar player in mind that's overrated all the time. Allow me to start. Finally! All right. <laughs> Allow me Let's to start. It. Let's do this. Tony Martin. Oh! <laughs> Why did I not see this coming? Yeah. Why mean, did I not see that coming? I was actually thinking about that. I was like, no, one of these two is going to call it for sure. Oh, like, my gosh. Right. No, I, I think that Tony Martin's a fantastic singer. And it just sucks that, you know, his era of Black Sabbath yeah. is forgotten. I'm actually, like, the one solo album he released I actually wasn't keen on. Um, but his most of his material with Black Sabbath was really good. I think he deserves more credit than he gets. Sure. So... That was my number one. Could have probably ended it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I, I brought this this topic up is because it's a conversation that Peter and I had on Monday when we were talking about Iced Earth. And we both agreed that Iced Earth is a criminally underrated Absolutely. heavy metal band. Um, they just don't get the credit that they deserve. They've had the long-standing 
quality work for the last I'm going to say 20 years yeah. at least because they came out probably um, late 80, very late 80s early 90s um, and they have stayed consistently awesome throughout their entire career and they're an American uh, power metal band which I think is probably why they kind of get kind of forgotten about because American bands tend to be a little bit more aggressive right um, when we think about American bands we think of Slayer we think of Metallica we think of Megadeth and then the new wave <clears throat> with Lamb of God, Shadows Fall, and everything that's going on up or north. Just, or just death, death metal death, in general. Or death metal in yeah. general, especially in Florida, because they also are from Florida, right. too. Yeah. And they came around the same time as like the Florida death metal scene exactly. came about. Um, but that band is incredible, and they've stayed incredible throughout their entire career. Um, just thinking about some of their albums, especially the time frame they came out, 1997, Something Wicked, Wicked. This yeah. Way Comes. When you think about the time frame... <laughs> And that record, that that is just a stellar piece of heavy metal that just kind of got lost in that time, yeah. you know. Because 1997, we're talking, you know, the burgeoning of new metal, right. the ending of grunge, so to speak. There wasn't that many just heavy metal bands producing that quality material at the time. Yeah, and you listen to that, something wicked in particular, and it just sounds so fucking incredible. Like it could come out now. Yeah. And it would be fantastic. And I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of why they weren't as popular here in America, in terms of just the sensibilities of American metal. Because they're, I mean, they definitely get the credit they deserve overseas. Oh, most certainly. I mean, on all those Euro countries, I mean, that they definitely get the, the book the big venues there um, I started th- I, like I've been listening to him for a long time now I think it was uh, 2001 when I first got into him I, I think it was from Dan who sent me My Own Savior from something with this Wicked This Way Comes and it's been it's been on lockdown ever since for me yeah, yeah. and it's, it's been pretty much yeah, like, that that and Blind Guardian were like right around the same time for me yeah thanks mp3.com yeah baby <laughs> And the thing about them is, too, is that they've actually been consistent throughout singer changes. Yeah. I mean, they've had, since I started listening to them, three different singers, three of my favorite singers, really. Um, Matt Barlow being my number one. Um, Ripper, who is just incredible in everything he does. And now Stu Block, who I became a fan of when we seen him with the Into Eternity a thousand times. Yeah. Um, but nothing's really changed because... The fact of the matter is that John Schaefer is an incredible songwriter. Um, We also talked about how he's a very underrated guitarist, seeing that his rhythm guitar playing is unrivaled. It's incredible. Uh, His right hand is probably stronger and faster than any of the U-porn guys out there right now. I'll tell you that right now. Um, But I think just that band as a whole has been just, just criminally underrated. Yeah. I I almost wish that Ripper had maybe done like a side project with John Schaefer or something because his voice was just so suited to that band. You know what? Yeah. I was actually thinking about this on the way there that if I was to rank the, my top three singers for Ice Earth, Ripper would be number three only because I think the band and the subject matter that Ice Earth sings about needs that lower range that Ripper doesn't necessarily do okay. as well as Barlow or Stu Block. Pete, you got one? I do. I mean, I, so I mean, I sort of struggled with it just because I, I guess the spirit of the discussion is more like of all time, right? And I just, I mean, I, at first I thought about Tony Martin, but I was like, no, I know for sure one else is <laughs> and it's like there's no way. Um, I know Chris, you had a couple other ones too. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so I went with something more in recent memory, um, and I'm thinking Royal Thunder. Uh, just because, you know, we're talking about a band that has an, their second album. It's already on Rolling Stone's top ten. I mean, they're touring like beasts right now, yet they're not headlining. You know, when I went to go see them in December, when they were touring with Sword, I mean, look, I'm a fan of the Sword, I'm a fan of Black Tusk, but I'd much prefer World of Thunder over them, honestly. And when you have all these Sword fans that, like, would rather stay out in the patio of Paper Tiger rather than listen to Royal Thunder, this incredible fucking band. It just, I don't know, there was something about it that hit home for me. And, you know, and you and I, Chris, talked about this too, that, you know, maybe that'll change this year just because of the new album that's potentially coming out. They're on a new label. You know, maybe they'll get the credit finally they'll, they'll deserve after that. But as of right now, I mean, to me, that's just criminal that they mm-hmm. just aren't getting the attention that I really do feel. I mean, because it's not like they need to earn their stripes. I think they've put in their work already. They've put out two incredible full-length release albums, and, yeah, they, they deserve to be recognized for that. Yeah, I think what, the conversation that we had, we also mentioned that because <clears throat> there has been a slew of these new uh, retro rock bands sure. um, that, you know, you have your you have your choices now. You can pick and choose what you want to listen to. And I think that they might have just got lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I think if they release a new record this year that really stands out, especially if they are on a new record label that would give them a little bit more support, I think they, they might finally break through a little bit more and finally get the headlining spot. Right. Uh, my next one is kind of another obvious one for me. Um, Blaze Bailey. Mm. Hmm. I will, with no uncertainty, admit that X Factor and Virtual Eleven were on the lower end of Iron Maiden's career as far as musical output. But if you've listened to anything that Blaze did uh, solo, maybe with the exception of the last album, um, it's good. Like with everything he did under the title of Blaze was good traditional heavy metal and then he just kicked it up with this harder and faster sound when he became Blaze Bailey the band um, and his voice like now under a solo band his voice he can do what he wants with it it's not under the, the umbrella of Iron Maiden he can kind of do whatever he wants and you realize like he may not have a great range but his voice is fucking powerful and he can you know he can kill you with a note basically <laughs> and um you know, I, I feel that you know people just think of you know his time in Iron Maiden and they go, ah, fuck that guy. It's like, no, he has a lot to offer, and he's got a new album coming out, which I need to mm-hmm. listen to the single. I think it just got released on YouTube recently. Yeah, it's that concept album we were talking about yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so I'm excited. I, I was again like when I heard uh, the album King of Metal four years ago when it came out, I was kind of disappointed, but I haven't listened to it since then. So I'm kind of hoping maybe I'll go back and listen to it again. I'll hear this track and I'll be like, this is this is the good stuff. But um, yeah, his his solo material, especially um, especially the tenth dimension, fantastic. So I urge people to check that one out. Um, my next one up is actually two, and it kind of runs into the line of Iron Maiden here, and it's the solo work of not just Bruce Dickinson but also Rob Halford. Uh, Bruce Dickinson's solo work. I listened to Chemical Wedding this this week. And I also, you know, I go back and every once in a while I listen to uh, Accident of Birth or Scream for Me Brazil or any or Balls of Picasso. And his solo work is just criminally overshadowed by his work he's done with Iron Maiden. The thing I like most about his solo work is that it's mostly varied. 
Um, you start off with uh, Tattooed Millionaire, which was kind of that cock rock sound, which they sort of brought into Iron Maiden around the same time. Because Tattooed Millionaire, um, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter was yep. recorded prior to uh, No Prayer for the Dying, um, which is like that, that kind of like hard rock edge they brought to that album. But he kind of went a little bit further. It was a little more of a fun album with Tattooed Millionaire. Uh, especially because Yannick did a lot of the writing, mm-hmm. and he's a little bit more of that just like straight up old, older rock sound. Um, and you go into Balls to Picasso, which apparently the album that we know um, is drastically different than the album that was originally intended. They had to like redo it and re-record it and everything. It's there's a whole somewhere lost and in, in, out there is an, a, a re-recording of that album previously done, but like it's got a whole bunch of different. Um, Sounds to it because they got um, Roy Z from Tribe of Gypsies, mm-hmm. and he brings in a little bit more of that cultural influence, uh, especially in uh, Tears of the Dragon, like that little like breakdown that they have towards the end. There's a lot more of that influence. It's still kind of fun cock rockish, but it's leaning more toward metal. Um, then he did Skunk Works, straight up hard rock, into uh, Accident of Birth, straight up heavy metal, Chemical Wedding, heavier straight up heavy yeah. metal, into yeah. Tyranny of Souls, which is just. I yeah, I just think that his solo stuff is just overshadowed, yeah. like especially here, um, by his time in Iron Maiden, which is just criminal because he has a lot of really good material behind him. And then the same thing with Rob Halford with his band Halford and of course Fight. You know, both really good heavy metal fucking bands. That even, even two was good though. I don't know, I'm not very familiar with them. Just industrial. Yeah, and, okay, but you know, just the solo band, the solo acts that these guys have done outside of their main bands. Just criminally underrated. Um, I got just a few more things here. I'm just going to pick out one artist that I think is very underrated, and I think a lot of people think the same thing. And that's Brad Whitford, the guitarist from Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. He is overshadowed by Joe Perry, yet he is equally a great guitarist as Joe Perry, yeah. if not better. Yeah. Um, I just think he deserves a credit that he doesn't get. I think there was a he was on that that metal show, and they were talking. About like he was getting interviewed about a solo that Joe Perry did. He was like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and every time we see Aerosmith, I'm blown away by how many of the leads are actually played by Brad Whitford and not Joe Perry. Yeah. So that guy just, for the last 50 fucking years, have gotten the short end of the stick. And he deserves much more credit than he gets. Uh, I got one, which is for me is another obvious one. Um, Falconer, mm-hmm. fucking love oh, Falconer. Man. I've loved them since. I don't want. I don't want to sound hipsterish. I'm going to. I love them since before since, that Scion commercials. No, since before. The, <laughs> since before the first album came out, actually, I got. I found demos of two of the songs on that album online, and I listened to them. It was me, four or five hours into the night, playing Civilization Two <laughs> and listening to these two tracks back to back the whole time. It was. So amazing! It blew me away. I friggin' love um, Stefan uh, Stefan's um, guitar guitar sound because like his his leads are very distinctive. Um, and then you have Matthias Blad singing for them. His voice there's since most power metal is typically done in a higher register, him doing a lower voice kind of sets them apart already. And his voice is just fantastic. When they kind of strayed from their formula and they got a different singer and they kind of let other people come in and start writing they got a bit 
generic power metal. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the tracks that they released on Grime vs. Grandeur were straight up Iced Earth. And like, great Iced Earth, but... If I won't listen to Iced Earth, I will listen to Iced Earth. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then they came back with their album Northwind, and since then they just been kicking that fucking ass. Um, and it almost seemed like they were going to break up a couple of years ago, and then they came out with Black Moon Rising, which um, I fucking adore. Um, so here's hoping that they continue on kicking that ass and that people will start actually recognizing them and not from a commercial that only lasted about a day. <laughs> it wasn't even them in the fucking commercial. <laughs> I know. We've had this talk before. <laughs> We've had it. It's so stupid. Well, I am going to bring up one that's not so obvious, and I think it's because it's in relation to other bands. Anthrax. I think if you put them in relation to the other members of the Big Four, they are the underrated ones. Criminally underrated. Yes. Because when you talk about the Big Four, you always talk about Metallica because they're polarizing. Megadeth is bipolar. And then you got Slayer, who's just the drunk frat guy who wants to fight everybody for no fucking reason. And then you have Anthrax. And when you think about that, like Anthrax could have been replaced in the Big Four by any of the other thrash metal bands at the time. Death Angel, not Death Angel, but Testament, um, Testament right. Overkill, Exodus. or Exodus. Mm. Um, but I think they just don't get the credit that they deserve when they when you think about the Big Four. I mean, everyone says like, yeah, they are a member of the Big Four, but they're like that afterthought. They're like but that other brother. Even on the Big Four shows, didn't they open it? Yes. Yeah. yeah so. Yes, they did. Um, and I just think that with this record and the, actually the last two records, Worship Music and for all kings, they kind of established themselves as a leader of the big four mm-hmm. because Megadeth had to come back from a shit show. Slayer's Slayer. been releasing the same album for 30 yeah, years and Metallica is just Metallica. And yeah. even, even with Anthrax, the album before Worship Music, yeah. We Come For You All. Yeah, and that was a great record too. Yeah. I mean, that's another band that's replaced singers a couple of times and have stayed consistently good. Yeah. While some other bands have tried to like go with the times. Uh, and- well, actually can't necessarily argue against that because they did try to go with the times as well they did try to go with the times they did try to go with the times but i think they were a little more successful at it actually technically all of them did try to go with the times no one cared because for slayer no one cared because it was slayer and they just kind of went with it metallica obviously that kind of fell flat on its face commercially yeah megadeth same thing like they came out with risk and everyone hated it yeah um and Anthrax kind of just got forgotten in that time. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had to make a, like a comeback, and I yeah. think uh, "We Come for You All" was that the beginning of the comeback. Yeah, but they still that still had like the, the sensibility, the more of a pop rock sensibility because mm-hmm. the, even though the songs were kind of heavy, they still had "Safe Home," which is a ballad. Yeah, you know. But then when John Bush left and they got Joey Belladonna back, they released "Worship Music," and that is just a throwback to to "Among the Living." And they've been riding that wave ever since. And I, I think because they've been so consistent as of late that they deserve a lot more recognition as a member of the Big Four than they get. And, I mean, you brought up those other bands, too, and you could even put them up there as well. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the Testaments. Yeah, the Exodus. Testaments and the Overkills and the Exoduses. Like, those bands, they tend to be kind of forgotten <clears throat> after the Big Four. Like, they would be, like, considered, like, if you make the top ten thrash metal bands of the, the 80s those guys would be immediately after yeah. the big four yeah. immediately or interchangeable you know so I, like I said I think Anthrax just gets the short end of the stick in comparison to those other bands hmm? my next one um, is the Galactic Fucking Cowboys 
You've mentioned them a lot. Better known as the Sons of Thunder. (laughs) 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 No, um, these guys are really good. Like, they kind of, they don't know what they really want to be as far as hard rock or heavy metal because they'll have a track that's kind of really, really densely melodic, great, great vocal melodies, and then they'll have another track that's just, like, in-your-face metal. So, like, just, they're all over the place. Their tracks are great. They just have this awesome vibe to them and it was like it it all seemed really fun for them and that's like if you listen to the album Machine Fish that album start to finish is great there's 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 nothing more fun than than hearing somebody belt out lyrics about patting yourself on the back so hard your arm's gonna fall off <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of that rest of Brian Horowitz was he the guy who pats himself on the back I don't even remember oh uh, he was one of the uh, the jobbers <laughs> Uh, but like, um, even like, I, I, I can't even say much more than that. These guys were just really good, and they they were only around for a little, around a decade or so, and 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 then they broke up. They've done reunion shows. I, I've said I'm pretty sure that um, either the guitar player or the bass player lives here in Texas. I'm gonna drive to his house and be like, "Yo, give me some shit here. <laughs> give, give me that recording." Uh, of the song from uh, Airheads because there is actually no recording of that anywhere. Really? It doesn't exist anywhere. Oh, wow. They, 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 I think they have it, but they won't put it out. That's a bummer. So I'm coming for you, Monty. <laughs> I got nothing off the top of my head. Uh, um, I'm, go- I'm going through all my like my list of CDs here just kind of <laughs> rattling off whatever I I'm waiting for the of. one that I'm, I'm expecting from Dan here. Huh. <laughs> well, it's not a metal band, so I can't say Wall of Voodoo. <laughs> No, there's there's another one. No, 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 no. There's it. There's that Come one. On. There's that one. But I'm still waiting for the other one. Okay. Well, let's let's hope that I I, I can recall this one because if if I don't think of it and you tell me it, I'm gonna be like, what? Yeah. How did I not think of that? I'm stupid. Um, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> if you're talking about um, Arian. No, no, you're not talking because I because I don't think no he gets no. A, he gets there's no there's a, there are people that will line up for days to be on his fucking records. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean there's 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 no shortage of respect that that man gets. I mean yeah. one of the guys how you doing? one of the guys that he recruited for one of his albums was an Aryan tribute fucking band. All right, you don't get a tribute band by not being credible. Right, <laughs> it's like an R and B singer or a, like a more of a rap guy on there that was from from Zero One yeah um hold on hold on hold on oh here's another one fucking Metal Church that's not the one I was thinking of but yeah okay but, but Metal Church I feel is really really underrated another band that was you know um straight up traditional heavy metal in the 80s just kinda got left behind by whatever became commercially popular um you know the the, the, the big four and whatnot. but these guys now that they're back with their their singer from my favorite era of the band, it's like these guys really just need to to be put over that edge and get everyone out there and to know who they are because they they rock so hard. Just, you're staring at me. I don't know. I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting for the one. I'm, I'm I'm feeling all sorts of pressure now. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the one. Uh, another one I'm gonna throw out there, uh, Tarot. I would have to agree with that one. Yeah. I I actually kind of prefer Tarot to Nightwish. Well, I would, I, I think they're two different bands, and I think Marco has more to do with Taro than. Yeah, as far as Marco's projects go, like if you were to look at all the projects he does, I would put Taro at the top. Like his, 
know. Yeah, because that's I think Taro is his band. I mean, Nightwish is not his band. I mean, he's in well, that oh, band. I, I prefer the sound of Taro. Okay. I prefer I like, that, that straightforward like. You know what? Now that I have, now that you mentioned them, I have something. I have something now. Oh, the, the, the straightforward metal they started off with to like the deep kind of chugging metal that they became. I prefer that sound and Marco's voice being more on the present um, over the symphonic metal sound of Nightwish. Um, I hope that Tarot continues in the future, um, but maybe not before Northern Kings album. That would be lovely. So that'd be, that'd I would be love great. a new Northern Kings record. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. Just because you mentioned Nightwish, you know, there's Nightwish, there's Epica, and then I think the one that gets kind of like forgotten about um, is Within Temptation. They've been around for just about as long as Nightwish and and uh, Epica, and I think they kind of get like a little forgotten about. I mean, they've they've gotten a little bit more recognition in like the last like year or two, especially with Hydra, and because they had Exhibit on it, yeah. they had Howard Jones on the last record. I think it's just a, a little late coming. Like okay. I think. I think they could have gotten a little bit more recognition earlier See, on. This is, I guess this is why I struggled so much with this is because I would have felt that, sure, Within Temptation isn't as popular, but I still I feel like they had a pretty solid like recognition of like their talents and stuff like that. I never mm. felt that they I were I feel like they're one of the major players as far yeah. as, as, as the female front of the world. Uh, Especially considering the fact that like that um, style is becoming so much more populated by yes. bands. Yeah, like, like mm-hmm. just doing this podcast alone, we have come across that so, is so much. That's right, that's actually right, very right. true. And, and within temptation, you know, I've I've been listening to them for a long time now. I mean, the first the way I got into them was, you know, I think it was one of the metal magazines, the Hosh Chicks and Heavy Metal, and Sharon, the singer was was mentioned, and you know, I used that as a like, oh right, well, I should probably check out this band. I should probably check out this band, and I've been following them ever since, and. I actually really, really love that band, and I just, ne- I just never thought of them as as highly respected as Epica is and uh, as Nightwish mm. is. Was it Power Man Five Thousand? Yes, it was. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That was it. I'm done. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't have to go on about Power Man Five Thousand. I love that band. Um, I love where they started. I love where they became. I will catch them live when they come back around here to Texas. Apparently, apparently, Spider has a new project out that's not Power Man 5000. I'll go with that. Uh, I saw the link to it the other day. I'll, probably, I'll have to find it and give it to you. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to say anything more about that. But I will move on to talking about Sentenced, which oh, does not wow. exist anymore. Damn it. But they, wow. in, in their time, they were fantastic. And they got better right up until the last album, and they released the monster that was the funeral album. That is a good That's one. That's true. They were really underlooked. Yeah, like and, and again, like they, they they had you know the kind of death metal roots, which they, they were okay. But as they got into oh. um, uh, the later material, they just got better and better and better, and then they went, yeah, we're done. On the same vein, for me, I don't, I don't know, Catatonia. I love that band, and I just don't. I just don't know if they get the same kind of recognition as like because I yeah I yeah. I put them yeah. in the same block as Opeth like, especially with their earlier death metal roots and then progressing into like more of a melodic death metal band, uh, but not in the sense of like a, a soil work like the melodic comes from the voice that singer Jonas is his name I think it was he yeah. was on the the Ariana record yeah. he is such a great singer and just their moody almost almost on the verge of doom sound. Yeah. Is just something that is so incredible, and the matching between those two elements is something that's just so good. And I just don't see it getting the same kind of recognition as like the, the transition that Opeth has made. 
uh, from their death metal roots and on. Um, but that every time they release a new record, I'm excited for it. And the last two were fucking incredible. I'm just running through the end of the list, seeing if there's anything more I can say here than Tarot. <laughs> edit out the silence or you can put in the uh, the inter intermission music from uh, Monty Pythons so yeah, that's pretty much it for um, for our discussion here as far as criminally underrated bands there are a ton a ton of bands yeah. out there that we likely yeah, have not mentioned again we're scratching the surface here yeah like this is a lot of this, like, this a lot of the stuff that we've mentioned are bigger names in the genre but still kind of just pushed to the side by everything else that's out there. Right. So there's still a whole thing underneath that. Um, but if you've heard any of the um, any of the bands that we have just talked about and you have something else to contribute, maybe a band that sounds a lot like them who gets no recognition because they're in the middle of fucking nowhere, send them all to us. We will listen to them and we'll yes. likely talk about them in the social media highlight. More than likely. Because apparently we're having a lot of good luck with getting some good ones. Oh, yeah. We have. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Yeah, but thanks a lot. On that note, we're going to make our curtain call. Hey, here's a question. Do you what? guys want to do next week follow up this discussion with overrated bands? Uh, we can do that. I think that'd be a lot easier because we could rattle them off pretty much. So tune in next week for our bitch fest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much going to be us griping about shit. <laughs> it's it's going to be a whole lot of Dan. You're a fucking hipster. I I think I think we might all get accused of that this time around. Yeah, probably. So um, until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Adamant's Templum, for more Shred Shack related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. Um, thanks to our last top three video, my subscriber count went up by five. Woo! Yes. Um, and we're actually sitting at a good 125 views for it, which is, nice. which is pretty good for me. Nice. Um, you can also check out my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games from various eras of gaming. I will be resuming that in a week or two. I just kind of stopped it because it takes up too much time away from the Shred Chat. Uh, yeah, we... Released a couple of videos in that time. Yeah, well, I had like the, the homegrown heroes thing, one of the top three videos, and something else. I was like, I have no time for anything. Yeah, else right Nightmare now. World. Nightmare, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because in one in one week in like one span of seven days, I made three videos, each of them twenty minutes plus. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I have no time for anything else right now. Um, but for more up to the minute updates, including when next videos are going to be coming out, you can follow my Twitter account at username Novus Redemptor. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for all my adventures in fitness and the Shred Shack and my nerd stuff. Uh, if you're interested in personal training and you're in the San Antonio area, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. Um, if you just want to become my friend on Facebook, become my friend on Facebook. And it's pretty much everything I do is right there, including pictures of my children because I have them and they're cute. I have pictures of fur babies. <laughs> <laughs> And you can follow me on Twitter at Abyssal Sun for more metal news and release information. Yeah, if you have any sort of atmospheric black metal stuff, just send it straight yeah, over there. Just hook and it up if, to there's, my if there's noodling involved, just send it straight to me. Yeah. <laughs>
And if you're Tony Martin, send everything to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tony Martin has nothing better to do than to listen to us and you. Whoa. <laughs> but, if you're Mike, but if you're Mike Portnoy, don't message us. <laughs> if you're Mike Portnoy, we know everything that you're doing already. <laughs> We're going to get a call like, hey guys, you know what your podcast needs? <laughs> Drumming. The MP. The MP. <laughs> Every time you guys make a joke, I'm going to be there. Do, 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 do. <laughs> just just, ramshotting all I, over the place. We're getting Dropboxes a thousand tracks. <laughs> Use this clip. How about this clip? <laughs> Don't you know I'm in this band too? I'm jumping for James Brown now. <laughs> Just have all these band pictures and have them like photoshopped. <laughs> I think that's the picture of him with Twisted Sister right now. <laughs> like, like take the cover of Abbey Road and put him in, the <laughs> in one of the cars with the drumstick. <laughs> like, the cover of the first Black Sabbath album. You have the lady standing there and him going. <laughs> More of the MP, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Yep, that's another thing we're going to be doing. We're going to be having a whole bunch of t-shirts and just say shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Excessive noodling. Holy fuck, technical death metal. More of the MD. <laughs> and got your six. Uh, that's going to be the back of the shirt. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> that's going to be the tag. It's going to be size medium. Got your six. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Anyway, why does the ending always get off longer target? Longer and longer. <laughs> if you're hearing this, I will, assume... <laughs> I will assume you found your way to our Mixcloud page. Mixcloud.com slash TheShredCheck is currently your primary source for all previous installments of The Shred Check, as well as recordings of the live radio show. Speaking of that live radio show, you can turn into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter. We make no guarantee that less than 20% of that will be something drummed by Mike Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Live in the studio because, you know, whatever. You can do it. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, that, that scene from the Aqua Teen. Uh, <laughs> the drum solo of life! Steel! Steel! He walks with the drum. <laughs> Fucking yeah. love that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make that into like a little picture that they're gonna put into the thing. Um, you can find you can find the link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Or the Shred Shark, if you heard our intro from last week. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Doro. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. Reminding you that the world is full of Mike Portnoy. <laughs> <laughs>
FFGP Control 6. FTPGYS. God, that, if that would have been your license plate. <laughs> well, I do have to get one more license plate. So. There is the chance. He's just going to get a vanity yeah, plate. He's going to get a vanity plate now. Just to screw it. Just to troll you. Just to troll you. I mean, that's, that is the length that he will go. Yeah, will. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell you. I, I, I absolutely despise vanity plates. But I'll do it. <laughs> like I said, that is the length he will go.